Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If I walked up to any of you right now and said, okay, I want you to give me a full definition of the Holy Trinity, you'd probably start panicking, you'd probably want to punch me in the face, and you'd be perfectly entitled to do so in the process. It's the one thing that will cause ultimate panic to any preacher, Trinity Sunday. Oh no, the last thing we ever want to do is preach on the Trinity. Because, after all, is it the water theory that you're going to subscribe to? You know, water can be three different state ice, liquid, or gas. Or do you want to go with the shamrock theory, um, which I think nuns on the run got slightly wrong uh, when they said it was green and split three ways. I think they meant it to be something slightly more profound than that. Um, nuns on the run, by the, by the way, most theologically significant film of all time. There is no doubt about that. Is it one of those sort of concentric circle type things that you want to subscribe to? Or, rightly, is it something that you don't care less about because it's just far too complicated and life actually really needs to move on in some way, shape or form? You see, the problem is that we end up with the Trinity becoming some kind of engineering question. It's some kind of mechanical thing. How can three be one or one be three all at the same time? It's not something to comprehend. The Trinity is something to participate in. Bonhoeffer basically turned 2,000 years of Christian theology upside down when he, when he said that actually these questions, these huge doctrinal questions that we keep wrestling with are merely engineering questions. The question that God is coming back to each of us with all the time is, do you want to relate with me? And what is the nature of your relationship with me? That's God's question to us, not how does three become one and one become three, but do you want to relate with God in all of what God might mean? It isn't a comprehension test for us. It's a participation activity. That's what the Holy Trinity is. If we can have the, um, uh, the, the pictures uh, coming up, thank you. I'd like instead for us to focus on the Trinity a little bit more with um, uh, Andrei Rublev's painting of the hospitality of Abraham, uh, which he painted in 1411. He painted this as an icon. Icons are there not just as, as, as paintings, but for us to actually try and wrestle with them and, and explore them and what they actually might mean. And the story that Rublev is painting is the story where, where Abraham welcomes three unknown visitors, angels, or maybe the full manifestation of God. And in that story, Abraham uh, offers the classic hospitality to, that would have been expected of his time. Um, and in the midst of it all, um, the, the three guests have some rather unwelcome news for him that uh, his wife, who he thought was barren, is going to conceive and that he's going to be the father of all the nations and that he's going to have to get cracking with a whole load of activity where he had a nice, quiet retirement lined up for himself. 
It's that encounter, though, with God, the fullness of God, that Rublev is wanting to portray. He's wanting us to start to wrestle with the idea of being in relationship with God rather than, than some kind of mechanical question for each of us. And so the theory goes is that God the Father is, is the one on the, the left-hand side as you're looking at it, um, resplendent with all kinds of, of uh, different colours of, of clothes, that Christ is in the middle uh, wearing both the, um, a kind of earthen colour to, to represent the, his humanity, but also uh, a a blue uh, cloak to represent divinity as well, representing the supposed two natures of Christ. And that the Trinity uh, and that the, the Spirit is on the right-hand side, um, dressed in blue to also represent divinity and also the, the movement of the Spirit across the waters um, at the start of creation. Now, there are two ways of looking at this painting. One is that you can look at it and think that maybe Rublev has missed out a pack of cards um, because it does look a little bit like they're all engaged in a game of poker, um, but that the cards are somehow missing. They're all trying to suss one another out. Um, that's one interpretation. It's the wrong interpretation, okay? I'm going to hasten to emphasize that. The other is that actually they're all looking at one another. The, 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 the father looks on the son and, and, and feels complete love for the son. The son has the, the cup of sacrifice in front of him and the father recognises that the son will have to take on that cup of sacrifice and loves him all the more for it. That the spirit offers support to the son in that process. And the, 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 the love flows back from them. If we could have the next slide, if possible. Um, the, almost, the, the theory goes is that there's a kind of a circular nature to the whole of that icon. That the love that flows from one flows onto the other and backwards and, and, and keeps coming on and on and on. That the very nature of the Trinity, therefore, is of relationship. It is of love. But the thing I like about this icon is that gap right at the front. That this is an inclusive love. And there's space for me. There's space for you. There's space for anyone to come and join in that circle. That the Trinity are there welcoming each of us Every single person on earth is welcome to join in that circle of love, to be part of that community. That the very nature of God is of community coming together and loving and supporting one another. So when we find ways of division, when we find ways of hatred, we are negating the very doctrine of God that we would claim that we follow. The doctrine of God is not about mechanics. It's about relationship and of a God who welcomes us, even us, into being part of that. Now, Jürgen Mortmann, um, who is basically the greatest theologian alive at the moment, um, 
in his books on the Trinity, he talks about the fact that the Trinity is the greatest love story that's ever been told. And he then talks about this, this icon. And he talks about the, 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 the stages, effectively, that, that people can go through in their relationship with God. That they can go from being a basic follower to ultimately being somebody who fully understands that they are a child of God. But he then talks about the greats of our faith, of Abraham, who is missing somehow from this painting, of Moses, of Elijah, of the true greats, who were referred to in the Bible as friends of God, that they had entered into that stage of of relationship with God, whereby God viewed them as his friends, his collaborators, if you like. To be welcomed into that circle as a friend of God. How can we improve our love? How can we demonstrate our love and our inclusivity? How can we get better at our prayers that our relationship with God improves so much that God might view us not just as his children, but as his friends, his active participants in the world? So this Trinity Sunday, don't get out the shotgun and try and blow your head off trying to work out all kinds of bizarre mechanics about the whole thing. Instead, realize that God is welcoming you into a relationship and rejoice. Amen.